This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Captain Norm's kid, Brooks, adjusts well to his transition from Oklahoma to South Florida. We pregame for the next three guests on the Real Guy Podcast, Skip Smith, Jody Moore, and John Monahan, taking the Real Guy Podcast to the Florida Keys, and there is a parody song in the making all this week on the Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Welcome to the Real Guy Podcast. I got crazy Captain Norm in the studio we today. We are here. Norm's fired up. I'm fired up, baby. He needed a beer when he first got here, and he wanted. No, to... no, 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 no. I had three before I got here. Oh, nice. But no, he, he needed a fresh one when he got here. I needed two fresh ones. Look, I I, I pregame the piss out of this podcast at Kim's Alley Bar. Pregame? How does that work? Well, you go someplace before you go someplace else. And then practice? And you, nah, right, right, get you your notes, kinda, no, mental I notes? Mean, just kind of, you know, yeah, think about it and, you know, I just, just, just trying get to, yourself in the zone. I'm just trying to help the other podcasters That's, out there. Like, well, I, everybody knows how to pregame something. You pregame a football game. You go out and, and you know, you tailgate and... You know, you, there was no sausage or anything or barbecues involved, but there was a couple of beers involved. Well, to your point, pre-gaming, I mean, it's all in the eyes of the holder. I mean, if yeah, if you're going to the game, watching a game, you're doing a pre-game. At the same time, the guys are getting ready to play. They're doing a whole different pre-game. That's a different pre-game. That's what I'm talking That's, there's about. There's all kinds of different pre-games. Let's just, you know. There's, there's, but you were pre-gaming for podcasts. But I did it at Kim's, mm-hmm. okay? I didn't do it in one of these new age millennial douchebaggeries i did it at kim's kim's alley okay kim's alley bar all right we are losing so much of old fort lauderdale and yet kim's alley bar is still there kim's alley bar is one of those places where you say to yourself if the walls could only speak oh boy okay and 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 yeah if the if the walls could only and i'll tell you this much right now okay it's just kind of one of those places where well, number one, it's like three minutes from your house. So if you say be here at two o'clock, I can literally tab out at you know. So, that, um, so that's a perfect pregame yeah, facility. Five minutes till. That's a that's a pregame facility. For it, the is, Dog it is. It is. You know what? That's that. So maybe we invite people to come to Lunker Dog Studios. You can tell them, hey, if you need to pregame, just roll you down. You go to, to Kim's roll down to Kim's. <laughs> and you know what else? Well, we got to figure out. I, I didn't notice it, but we probably need to we need to uh, certify Kim's with a sticker. Are they are they doing a lot of stickers? Now? I don't know. I haven't seen one. Oh, so it would be the only sticker. <sighs> Maybe. Well, I mean, what is I think it? We could do is, it. What is it with stickers, dude? People want to sport the piss out of their stickers. They do. Tackle shops are the are are amazing. Tackle shops are always good. They might have yep. started the whole thing. I got my dock box. It's like total. I'm totally supporting the piss out of my stickers on my dock box. Dock box. Mitchell does boats. His, Mitchell does his garbage can. 
<laughs> so, well, the good the good thing about the garbage can is that thing sits out in the middle of the street for, for two days a week. By the way, it's his birthday today, so happy birthday. Happy birthday to Mitchell. It's yeah. his birthday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today I didn't his birthday. know that. Yeah. You yeah. know, it was the Worms birthday on you the third. Huh? It was the Worms birthday on the third, big 17. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. You leave the worm 17. 17 years old. Does that make you feel old? No. Wait till she turns 18, you will. I'm starting. That That's not what's making me feel old. I'm not saying I'm not feeling old, but that's not it. <laughs> She's actually making me feel kind of young. Picking up the cat's nut this week and tearing a muscle in my shoulder, that makes me feel old. Dude, talking about making you feel young like you feel born again. Mm-hmm. Okay, turning 18 and everything. Brooks. Holy crap, the kid is killing it. I love I love to see the posts when you're talking about Brooks. I feel like I'm born again. You are born again. Okay. That's a big thing. I, I'm, I mean, I could not have... Listen, I picked this kid up in Oklahoma on January 2nd. He had this mop. He had no skills. He was just totally crushed. And I brought him down here. And I have never seen a transformation... In a human being like this in my life. That's that's like the most uplifting news I've heard in a long time. I, I mean, I'm serious. I could not be a prouder father. Uh, and and I, I just I I don't even know how to describe it. And maybe there isn't there aren't words for it. But long story short, the kid is killing it. The kid is a good kid, and good kids with good minds should be able to kill it down here in South Florida. I've watched a lot of kids come to South Florida and I was a little bit nervous when you told me you were bringing your kid down here because they come down here and they don't go in the right direction. Well, I, you know, let me tell you something. I, I thought, you know, I was kind of concerned with it at the, at the outset because just the culture shock going from Oklahoma to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. (laughs) And, the only thing that, that I can be a book. <laughs> oh, jeez. So the only thing that I can tell you is his strength of character, because he is not only he's not only you know rolled with it well, but he's embraced it. Right. Okay. I mean, he had his. He's he's done a few. Let me let me not talk past the audience long story short is that when i brought him down here he had no experience on boats whatsoever and i started bringing him to work with me getting him a little experience learning the ropes literally and figuratively and um he started getting a couple of jobs here and there uh you know just running with other guys as 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 a deckhand and then he got an incredible opportunity uh, just recently, and uh, he had his first day at work yesterday, and it was a killer. I mean, I'm just not, uh, it's just, just an incredible day uh, in every way, shape, or fashion that you can imagine. And he said to me last night, he says, Daddy, he says, I got to be honest with you. I don't think a lot of people get to say this, but I can't wait to go to work tomorrow. Booyah! Booyah! That's awesome. Okay. I mean, how do you win? Any better than that? Well, I mean, obviously the kid had something going on between the years. Because he gets down here, right? He doesn't say too much. No, it's quiet. He's still quiet. Right? Pick... Willing to take advantage of small opportunities, mm-hmm. willing to compound on those opportunities, and then maybe the kid just got a break, but he made his own break. Well, you know, it, he could have very easily been like, "Yeah, Dad, I don't want to go hang no, out on the boat." I don't want to do you. that. Yeah, yeah. No, I could have. I want to watch TV. Sold up. I want to do video games. Video games. Yeah. I want to go get a no, you know, end job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, he didn't. Yeah. No, no, no. He he definitely he he grabbed. He grabbed it with, you know, both hands and hung on. And, you know, it, it's just, it's just, I, I can't, I don't know. I couldn't be a prouder father. Dude, it's, yeah. it, it's gratifying. Yeah. And, and, and it's awesome news. And speaking of, uh, this is like father week, kind of. You know who I got to take fishing the other day? Mm-hmm. Eric Leach. No kid. Eric Leach, no mm-hmm. kidding. Yeah. So how is he doing? He's doing great. And I got to spend time... With him and his son Mason, uh-huh. and I, th- I want I want to say he's thirteen. 
Right. Okay. And um, so anyway, I reached out to Eric. Right. Because I finished up that Skip Smith podcast. Ah. You know, and I'm all excited about Skip's uh, discussion with me, but Skip's fucking a little too humble. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't get Skip to pound his own chest so the audience can understand what a huge figure he is. Yeah. So, yeah, like, for instance, I would say to him, uh, (laughs) I would say, I I said to him, I says, well, you know, you're kind of like the first dude that did the, you know, the uh, mothership and traveled around the world. And you know what his response was? What? Well, not really. Zane Gray started. Yeah, I think he had a sailboat and a skiff behind him, so that was a mothership. But instead of taking any credit for being a pioneer in the industry, he wants to talk about Zane Gray. So, so, right? You know? Yeah, but so, they're cut from the same cloth. So, so I didn't fight it. Yeah. I didn't fight it. I let I let Skip sit in the same seat that you're sitting in there, and I just let him roll. I was wondering why the seat felt so warm. It felt better now since yeah. Skip's been. Well, Busaka was in it before me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so 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 I'm trying to get Skip to pound his own chest, and we have this hour long conversation, and it's a great conversation, and all the real guys are going to like it. But some of the new people, like the Busakas of the world, that don't know about Skip Smith, didn't dream about being Skip Smith. Right. I needed him to tell me how great he was, and he would. <laughs> so I called up Eric, and I says, "Can you help me out?" I says, "I need two or three minutes to somebody to explain what Smith Skip." Skip, Skip Smith. Smith has meant to the industry, individual fishermen, especially the world of billfish. And of course, Eric, Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. I support everybody. The next day, he was down sitting in the same seat that you're sitting right. in to give me a few minutes about Skip Smith. So it was pretty, it went pretty clean and pretty quick. So it's like, I don't know, 1 30 in the afternoon. And I says, Eric, what are you doing later? Yeah. And he goes, what? He goes, nothing. I says, let's go catch a fish. His first thing to me was, can I bring my son, Mason? Yeah. And I said, absolutely. Yeah. And I got to spend time with Eric and Mason this week. And I couldn't have planned that. Yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? So that whole father-son thing and then getting to know people and then also understanding that, you know, Eric wants his kid exposed to all and, the good stuff. And you, and you know what I did? I uh, After I listened to the George Copeland podcast, which I think was probably one of the best podcasts I've ever heard you do. Um, just because it hit home with me was I brought Brooks up to TNR Tackle and we happened to walk in there not planning on anything in particular but we we walked in there and there's George excellent okay and we sat there and shot the shit for you know an hour or so and of course I ended up ordering Brooks's first custom built fishing rod nice <laughs> so that's going to be done soon here and I uh, let him pick out all the colors and everything, and I helped him out with all the... So George know. actually gets a twofer. Man, I mean, he's just such a gentleman, and he's always been a gentleman. He's one of the true, you know, they say, you, you, you hear people talk about this guy or that guy, and they, they, they use superlatives, like, he's one of the gentlemen of the sport, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, George Copeland definitely is. Right. Okay. I mean, he definitely is, and I've been knowing him my whole life, and he's just, well, just he's, a great guy. Well, he's the, he's the real guy that we always we have all this content about. I mean, he is right. The, and the funniest thing is <clears throat> with George is when people hear him when, on the podcast, mm-hmm. and I think he's only done two in his life. He did the one with Andy Mill, and he did the one with me. But they're like dying. Totally different, though. Totally, well, totally, totally different, different podcast. Podcasts. But what I'm saying is, is people are dying for that guy. Well, who's that guy? George is that guy. I've said this to come out and to be public and to get the, a little piece of him. I have said this before on the podcast, and that is, is whenever, whenever I get fixated on somebody, whether it's a public figure, uh, whether it's a you know um, a sports figure. Or a political figure, or, or or you know somebody in the industry. I don't care much about actors, so that never happens with me. But I always want to get more information on them. And this, I think, I think you definitely got it right with this podcast because not only did he give you a taste of who he is, but he gave me, he reminded me, I should say, of what it was like to grow up in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, that's a big one, people. 
Okay, Love and it was and it, and it was a big one. And like with Skip Smith, I can't wait to hear the skips. Did you get him to talk about uh, Mexico in the eighties? I didn't. I didn't. <clears throat> we didn't get in. We didn't get into like you know the craziness of it, of it all. But we counted it as an era. You know the whole Fort Lauderdale Beach era and what people you know how they acted and what they were what they did in those days. And we compared it to the captains and crews of today, which couldn't be totally different. Okay, so let me let me just tell you. Okay, so I got my kid. Um, I got my kid here in Fort Lauderdale and he's really digging on working on boats and he's been talking to me uh, about well you know dad maybe I could get my captain's whoa hold on I said first if this is really a path that you want to go on I want you to do this old school okay the way the greats have done it okay and uh, let me I'm this is going to be a bit of a ham sandwich but I'm going to roll with it so (laughs) In 1977, Dad bought a 37 Hatteras from Hatteras of Lauderdale. And we took delivery on the boat, and we parked it on, I think it was D-Dock at Bahiamar. And on one side of us was a 53 Hatteras named the Hooker. Okay. Okay. And on the other side of us was a 36 Hatteras named El Lobo. And the Hooker had a young captain named Skip Smith and his crazy freaking son, not son, uh, brother, younger brother named Kunta. Right. Okay. So those were on one side of us, and the other side of us was Eddie Herbert, okay, who you need to get on the podcast. Okay. And Eddie Herbert is probably, in my opinion, Oh, Eddie's probably one of the top three billfish captains in the world. Okay. I I think most people would agree with you on that one. Eddie's phenomenal. Eddie is amazing. Well, those guys, what they did early on in the years, I I don't know if Skip told you about all of this, but those guys went to the schools. Seminar. When they were, okay, they went to the schools to get educated on how to you know, take down engines and then build them back and and everything else like that. So uh, there are stories about Eddie and Skip uh, working on charter boats from ADOC and, oh, something broke down. All right, let's tear the engine apart, but we got a trip the next day, (laughs) okay? And, I mean, they would do crazy stuff like that. And, you know, they... They learn to be completely self-sufficient captains is what I'm driving at. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that makes them great. And they may not tell you about it, but that's who they are. That's what they did. Skip actually mentioned <clears throat> something that I, uh, that well, now that you've brought it out in the open, but hopefully I was hoping people would get. But Skip was saying that his job wasn't necessarily... Um, to do everything perfect all the time, mm-hmm. but his job was to make sure that that boat could run. Could run every day, dude. Let me tell you something. I, I had the I had the fortune to uh, work a short stint on the bootlegger in I want to say the summer of nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine uh, in St. Thomas, and Eddie was the captain. It was uh, uh, and and uh, the mate was Kota. Okay, and it was the year that I turned 21 years old. Anyway, so uh, the one thing I noticed about Eddie was that after each trip, he would run down in the engine room, and he would spend some time down there, you know, looking at everything. And of course, I was dumb enough to just head, you know. Put all the gear up and then head straight to the bar. When what I should have done was followed Eddie into the engine room and see what the hell he was doing. Right. Okay. But long story short, you know these are these are what legends are made of. Okay. And they these are, these are old school guys that are cut from a different cloth than the new guys. Where a lot of the new guys will just source everything out. Right. Okay. But guys like Skip. And I'll tell you great. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a great story about Skip Smith. My best Skip Smith story, and that is, uh, you know, my father had a pretty good relationship with Skip, 
And uh, Dad had built a 36-foot Carolina boat. Uh, he had it built by a fellow by the name of Tommy Doctory, uh, Sportsman Boat Works. And it was the last boat that my father had built. And we took delivery of it, got it all set up, and we were supposed to fish the annual, what is it, the Boy Scouts Girl Scouts, uh, you know, annual fishing day. Right. It's a big deal, okay? And everybody throws their boat in the in the deal, and uh, they take a bunch of kids fishing. And it's a great event that happens every year. It still happens. So at any rate, uh, Dad told me, he says, well, I'm not going to be able to make it. I've got work obligations. But I'm going to find you a couple of mates, and uh, you're going to run the boat. Now, mind you, I'm... I just got my captain's license. I'm like 19 years old. All right, this is mm, late 80s. Okay. And the first time, the first day you got to run your dad's boat. Well, that's a different story. But the this is the first day I got to fish it. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so I said, great. I said, so you want me to run the boat? He goes, yeah. Don't worry about it. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. So the next day I start pulling the rods out of the house and everything, and the two mates walk around the back of the house and the two mates are skip smith and peter b wright jeez holy <laughs> crap okay and i'm like are you serious i turned around to dad and he's looking at me he's smiling i'm like are you serious you want me to run the boat for these guys so i get on the boat i put the rods on the boat i said guys seriously i i mean i'll i'll scrub the you know i'll scrub the deck I'll set the baits, but you you really want me to? And Peter Wright looks at me and he goes, just get up in the tower and stay there. <laughs> Let the show begin. Okay. And I, you know, guys would probably, today guys would spend thousands of dollars just to have the one day experience that I had with these two guys on the boat. Right. And I learned more in that one day of fishing. I couldn't even tell you whether or not we caught fish that day. We probably did, but I was just the educational experience that shortened my learning curve by three years. Well, I mean, just being exposed to two pros getting on the boat oh. and being able to go to work. There's people that have been fishing their whole life that have never been in the and never had the situation where two pros are fishing with them yeah. for the day. Yeah. You know what I mean, so just that whole aspect. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And I, I just want, um, when, and we'll put this episode out before Skip's, but I just want the younger people like Busaka, John yeah. Monahan, uh, Zach Routman, and all these kids, you know, the new generation, I want them to know about Skip. I want them to appreciate Skip. And I want them to have the respect that guys like you and I have for Skip because he ain't getting any younger. Nobody is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Skip said it when he came in here, and, and one of the reasons that um, he thinks these podcasts are cool is he because cause he thinks about it like his book. Oh, what a great book that is, too. Right. But he thinks about it like that. He says it's documentation of the things that happened in the progression of sport mm -hmm. fishing. He says that if it didn't get on record in these different ways, he goes, it would never. I bought. I, I actually uh, Smith Merritt Insurance is is uh, located uh, at at Merritt's Boatyard, and I went up there and bought a book directly from Skip, and I had him sign it for my father, and I gave it to him as a as as a uh, I don't remember if it was a birthday or a Father's Day gift. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you something that you'll appreciate in how Skip got in that seat that you're sitting in. I don't know. There was some sort of. Uh, book swap between fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home it's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Skip and Cantner. Mm. So Cantner was talking to Skip, and they were doing, I don't know, one of them needed a book from the other. 
Cantner starts talking about the podcast mm-hmm. and said, you know, and Skip actually was familiar with the podcast. Right. You know, I, I mean, I'd like to have Cantner and Smith that listen to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I thought it was cool because of the way the Real Guy Network works. Cantner explained to Smith that he should get on the podcast. Smith then picks up the phone and calls me. Why? Ah, because cool. he has so much respect for Cantner. Yeah. That he's like, anything hey, Cantner wh- says, then I yeah, will do. I may, I may as well do. Yeah. My phone rings, and it's like, it's Skip Smith. And I'm like, hey, Skip, man, good to hear from you. And he's like, the reason I'm calling is Cantner told me to call. Yeah, yeah. And I says, well, it's great. I'd love to have you on the podcast. You know, and two days later, he sits in that chair, and he gives me an hour and a half of his time. Wow. You talk about yeah, the great. power of the Real Guy Network. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's, there it's, it is, it's, right there. Well, it, and it goes on and on, and it happens every single week. Yeah. But getting back to stickers. Stickers? Yeah. Once a week, once a month, whatever it may be, somebody will take a picture of my sticker. Mm-hmm. On somebody else's truck. Or place. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's been going on a while. It has been going on a while. Yeah. But it makes me feel good every time it happens. Drew, yeah. Drew was in Tropic Star this week, and he took a picture of the sticker that's sitting out on the dock. And he's like, RTD and Tropic Star. Really? Yeah. It was, you know. Who was it? Drew. No, but I mean, oh, you mean the sticker was down there. The okay. sticker was already there. Drew was there. Who, Drew, yeah, but who, Drew got who had it. the sticker? I'm not sure. Somebody put it up, you know, on the dock at Tropic Star. Where they, you know, oh, they had the certified dock box or something. Well, there's tons of stickers, you know, and there's the RTD sticker. And then Drew's there getting his black marlin. Congratulations nice. yeah. for getting this Marlin. I saw that. That was cool. Uh, but anyway, he took a picture of the RTD sticker. The RTD. He had a hell of a trip. He did have a hell of a trip. Mm-hmm. Homeboy got his black Marlin. So he calls me and he tells me. He's like, you know, he says, we go out to Tropic Star and everything. And the travel was cool. And I was kind of into it. He goes, and then we started fishing. And it was a little slow for a while. He says, so we spent like a day out there just trolling around. He says, nothing really happened. He says, I, I started to think that, you know, this is, he says, well, it's not like much different than Fort Lauderdale when you get off the <laughs> shore and you can't see the land and you're just trolling around. No, shit. And some hours went by, which was the best, really? which he didn't know it at the time, but it was the best thing that could have happened. So some hours went by and they had to put in some time, they had to put in some hard work. And then he shows up and Drew's up on the bridge and he gets to watch the Marlin come in after the Bonita oh, and yeah. he sees it light up. And he sees the take to bait. And then he hops off the bridge to get the rod to sit. And then he says, Jeff, he says, after all that time and all that money and all that traveling, he that's says, I got to it see it. it. Yeah. And I said, Drew, that's what I've been wanting you to see. Yeah. He says, I'll do that trip over and over again. Yeah. He says, he's never had an adrenaline rush like it. And it couldn't have happened to somebody. It was, wasn't anybody that I know that was more due for it to happen to than it was Drew. It is that experience. It's that particular experience that is what brings people to spend literally fortunes. Fortunes and, and lifetimes. Fortunes and lifestyle, lifetimes searching the world for that experience. No, that high. Okay, that, that high, that adrenaline rush, that whatever it is. Is nothing else like it that exists anywhere, okay? And it's that experience that makes the whole thing worthwhile. All the money, the travel, the expense, the boats, the heartache, the drama, the bullshit that goes with it all vanishes when you see that bill come up and that tail... Which looks like it's a thousand miles from the bill. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, we've said it for years uh, on YouTube. Always said it. Never, <clears throat> never underestimate the power mm-hmm. of a big fish. Yeah. Let you me tell you mean? what the last and, that, and that, yeah. that goes a lot of different directions: mentally, physically, everything. Never I mean, under and never underestimate never underestimate the power of a big fish. Nope. And, I mean, you know, whether it's a sailfish or a white marlin or a blue marlin, it's all the same experience. It's, exactly. all, it's, it's exactly the same. It's the ultimate natural high. Yep. No doubt. No doubt about it. All right. So, <clears throat> what would be a more natural high? 
seeing the billfish come up or having that one day in your life where you could body slam somebody like Andre the Giant? <laughs> I mean, you try the billfish, and I'll tell you why. Right. Because body slamming Andre the Giant is going to be a one-time shot. You're never going to do it again in your life. Okay? The billfish... That's something you can strive to do for the rest of your life until you can barely walk and see past the transom. Right. Okay? And I know guys uh, I know guys that sat in wheelchairs in the back of boats. All right, to make it happen. To, to, get, to, to make it, it happen. To get it. To get that high. Okay? Tread Barta was one of them. Tread. Okay. Tread let everybody know. He's freaking... No, Tread was Tread. Yeah, he was spaz. <laughs> he was like the first person that would spaz, and everybody just like, like, okay. Come on, young man. <laughs> so, what are you going to do with those belly? It's okay if Tread. What are you going to do with those? It's okay. Bell, if tread spazzes because Tread's Tread. Anyway. <laughs> now, good shit. But now this week was a crazy week. So at the beginning of the week, I'm figuring I'd be lucky to make a couple phone calls. Yeah. I, I'm booked every single day. One guy. Yeah. You know, and Sunday night. Before we started my week, and I was geared up to fish all week, yeah. the guy calls me and he's got a bad flu. And he, mm. he texts me, he says, Jeff, he says, I can't make it tomorrow. Yeah. He says, we'll get you paid. He said, but I'm going to have to reschedule. Wait, whoa, 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 stop. He paid you even though he didn't take the trips? Right. Paid me in That's full. That's class. It's class. He understood you know, the situation yeah. that, he, that we were both in. And obviously, um, it meant a lot to him to be like, yeah, you got to get the guy paid for the week. It means a lot to me to know that guys like that are still around. There's still some. I mean, i got to say, my clientele list is, i got some of the most quality people on that list. Wow, that's But great. anyway, yeah, so he, yeah, paid, yeah, yeah. he paid me for the week, and um, it's Monday, and i got nothing to do. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all prepped up to fish, you know, my tackle, everything mechanically. I'm I'm like I'm ready to go. So Monday comes and I'm not fishing, and I'm like I got nothing to do. So what do I do? Is I have a you see all my yeah. pa pads over here. Yeah, I got yeah. one pad over here that has all the people that I should call. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got on the horn and I started calling people. And what I was calling them about was doing interviews. It's like mm -hmm. hey, you know you're available to do an interview this week and you know, work on the Real Guy podcast. Now, Skip ended up calling me, so that was a bonus. That's a bonus. That's so, a huge bonus. So I got I got Skip done this week. Mm -hmm. I got uh, Zach Routman done. That was a good one. Right? I, I listened to Nat that Nancy one. Nat Nancy beating yeah, up yeah, on yeah, Nancy Gassman. Yeah, yeah, Nat Nancy. People got to, you know, people got to know that, you know, the, the you're in that type of situation. I but know anyway. how to get rid of Nancy. So I got, I got... Uh, Zach Rabin done, and we had a we had a podcast. That I wanted to upload that immediately because mm -hmm. it was just you know, that was a good one. Yeah, it was plain and simple, yep. right? Yep. So then I did um, uh, skip the following day, mm -hmm. okay, and then the following day after that, I did. Uh, let me look at my hard drive. I'm getting confused. Oh, I did Jody Moore. Oh yeah, Jody Moore, God. Florida sportsman, right? Florida sportsman, yeah, yeah, yeah. The new president of the SOB club. <laughs> Okay, and let me tell you what happened with Jody. Oh my God, was I a retard? So, Jody's got this beautiful big office in the old Landmark Bank building. Okay. So you walk in there, everything you know, the ceilings are thirty feet, everything's marble and glass and blah blah blah. And he's like, "Yeah, go up to the tenth floor, tell uh, RV the secretary that you're here to see me. She'll sit you in the conference room and get you set up and everything." So I'm like, I'm walking in this thing, and you know me, I got shorts on and a ball cap. <laughs> Friggin' probably haven't brushed my teeth yet today. But anyway, I go up there. The ladies could be nothing, you know, so pro. I get this huge conference room that I can set up in. And I'm setting up, and I got my little Tread Barta bag over there, and I got all my shit in there. And I'm laughing at myself because I'm thinking after 200-plus podcasts how this just happens naturally, and it's so easy for me. And I'm kind of giggling to myself and patting myself on the back. And I'm putting everything together with the laptop and the mixer and everything. And I look, and there's no headsets and microphones. <laughs> As I realize there's no headsets or microphone, here comes Jody from the upper floor down to the conference room. And I couldn't do anything. I just laughed. I said, Jody, I'm a retard. I said, how much time do we have? He says, well, I'm good till 3.30. I looked at him. I said, sit here for 20 minutes. We can make this happen. <laughs> I ran home. I got the headsets and microphone. And sure enough, when I sat, when I got back, Jody was just finishing up a conference call, and we banged out the podcast. That so is awesome. <laughs> 
And then in case it couldn't get any better than that, who texts me right about then um, after I finished up with Jody Moore was uh, John Monahan. John, nah. Yeah, John's the kid that runs around town and does all the water testing. Yeah. And I've known uh, John ever since he was uh, a student at USF. Where he reached out to me. This is before the sewage breaks, when we were bitching and moaning about the uh, water quality. And he sent me this big, long thesis thing that he wrote when he was in school. And he's the kid that we've been wondering, like, where are these kids? Where are all these kids that graduate with a marine biology degree? And what are they doing with themselves? Well, John Monahan is one of the kids that is actually doing something with it. and is Really? Yeah, and he's working with John Lewis. And John Lewis is paying him for doing water testing and some other stuff with the clean waterways deal. And I was able to get a recording done with him. You know, Brooks's girlfriend wants to go into marine biology and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I don't know. He said something to me the other day about, oh, yeah, yeah, there's some school in uh, Pensacola. I'm like, no, no, no. I said, bring her down here. And and get her to you know get her educated down here in either the University of Miami or Nova Southeastern University, and, because it's all right here. Whatever it is that you need to study, it's all right here. Right. Okay. And they and can meet it, real people that are actually involved. Right. With the exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I got to tell you something. I mean, you see, we had another sewage spill. In Miami. Dude, we had Watson one, Island. We had one in Watson Island, a really bad Jeez. one. And we had another one here on the. Uh, Right by Lauderdale by the Sea in the intercoastal, just on North Broward. That happened. Uh, that happened the day that I had a trip. Thankfully, they didn't want to swim that day. And, uh, you, you know, you would have thought that, you know, the with 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 the with the no swim advisory out you would have thought that the uh that the city would have sent the marine patrol units out there to warn people to, to warn people, people out. no nothing nothing they try to brush it under the rug the you title know. come and go it'll be gone in a couple of days but, it's I not mean, their it was, problem it was on channel 10 channel 10 covered it Louis. and and yeah and you know I, I mean you would have thought that there would have been some degree of mobilization, but no. I'm reaching out to Louie. talk about i got to get Louie on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Well, I, I just figured he'd come and go like everybody else, but he's serious. Yeah. Louie Aguirre? Aguirre. Aguirre. I mean, I've never seen, and, and it always it always amazed me that the reporters would show up in at these catastrophes, mm-hmm. these natural catastrophes, mm-hmm. and I was like, I always think to myself is like, how can this not bother them enough to motivate them to be more vocal about it? Yeah. And then Louie popped up. Yeah. God love Louie. Yeah. I, no. I, I am a big fan. You know, I got to tell you something. What are we going to do? Because, listen, let's let's just talk about this because we have to kind of pregame this, kind of start strategizing because it seems like these things always manage to come up only when somebody wants to talk about it rather than when it should come up. And that is, is that this is 2023. We have another election in 2024. And there are people that need to start thinking right now in 2023 about running in 2024. And they need to start thinking about running on water. It's not too early to think about it. And, you know, with people like Nancy Gassman around, th- there has to be a change. There has to be a change. There has to be a change. And it's and slowly but surely it's happening. Because... Let me move on. So think about this week, okay? Zach Routman. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he, now he's got a marine biology degree. Yeah, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he's a, and he's a youngster. Mm-hmm. Then uh, John Monahan. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a youngster and's got the degree and is actually trying to do something about yeah. the water. Okay, so I was able to do those podcasts, mm-hmm. and then I'm thinking to myself, you know, I really need to get my co-hosts. I got to get Busaka and I got to get Norman here. Yeah, yeah. So friggin', I'm having my coffee this morning. I'm on my second one, and Busaka left his Captains for Clean Water hat over here. Mm-hmm. So I get a text from him, and I'm like, or he says, can I come over and get my hat? And I'm like, okay. And I'm sitting there, and I get, I'm getting through my second coffee, and then we start talking about the Path of the Panther movie that we saw the other night. <laughs> and then we banged out a podcast, so I got yeah. the one done with Busaka, right. and then 
Captain Norm shows up, and I'm able to bang out six podcasts in one week. I'm Dude. able to get the two co-hosts done. Everybody asks, anytime like two or three weeks go by, they'll say, oh, what have, where's Norm? Or where's Busaka? So I was able to get those done. And on a week that I thought I was going to be dedicated to the water and not speak to anybody and not get anything done on the podcast, I got a grand slam over here. Bam. Run that Bam. down. Run that down. It's <laughs> the way to get it done. I'm telling you. That's it. But we've hit on Gasman almost every recording. I mean, I, mean, I got to I got to call that to an attention. You can't have some person like Nancy Gasman. Let me tell you something. Nancy Gasman is nothing more than somebody's um, puppet. Okay, right. so you can get rid of Nancy, but whoever sent Nancy out there with that bullshit. To, to to spew all over the uh, HOAs and the and the and the associations is it's just they're just gonna send somebody else out there. So it you know that's one thing to get rid of Nancy, and I agree. I think she has to go, but whoever sent Nancy out also has to go. All right. Well, <clears throat> and that's now, where now that's where I'm more interested right, in that. You're more in the political world political way of thinking than I am. But this is what I was thinking, okay? And you tell me if I'm where if Go I'm ahead. missing the boat or not. But <clears throat> all right, so we start putting a little bit of pressure on one of the issues that we have, which would be Nancy. Nancy Gasman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people in town start to realize that she's a big problem. Okay. Now if you're able to get a bunch of people in town to realize that she's a big problem your typical politician will use her as a scapegoat and get that's rid- what she is she's a fall guy right but you will use her as a scapegoat yeah and then we can get rid of her yeah but then the- they don't think that there's a- she she's a buffer that's all she well, is of course she is she's well, a buffer she's a fall guy she's she's those- a sacrificial lamb exactly now and and that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking they're going to cut her and then when they hire the next person mm-hmm. for that, maybe that next person will be a little bit more. No, no. I'm going to disagree with you there. You don't think? Not a, no. The next so person is going to be another... a lackey just like Nancy is. See, that's the issue. Okay. That's that's what I'm telling you. Okay. It's not the Nan- Yes, the Nancy Gaspins that show up and insult everybody's intelligence. Okay. They have to go. But it's whoever sent them there is the person that's really pulling the strings and has to go. Yes. Okay? And I don't know who that was. Well, it's going to be all of them. Okay? And it goes up to the state level. Like, you, 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 your, 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 favorite, uh, your, you know, your favorite saying, where's Ron? Right. Let me tell you something. Um, we're going to get, if we haven't already, I haven't checked... But we're supposed to be getting a new agricultural commissioner, okay? Because the last one didn't care about the agriculture and only cared more about her political ambitions. Uh, ambitions all, right. all right. Well, it it trickles down, and whoever hired Nancy is the problem. Nancy's a problem, yes, but whoever han- handles Nancy. Is where it's really a problem. Well, that's the root of it. That's the root of it. But the flower dies before the root. Right? So Nancy's the flower. She'll die. And then hopefully... No, we just need a weed whacker. Get them all down. Okay, just mow them all down. (laughs) That's what we need. That is what we need. But what we need and what we're going to end up being able to do are going to be two different things. Let me tell you something, all right? Don't take that attitude. Because I'm telling you right now... The last, the last uh, off-cycle election that we had opened a lot of eyes. And we have to keep those eyes open, and we have to open a lot more of them to, this, to, to our infrastructure problems, to everything that goes along with it and how it affects our ecosystems. And we can't just drop the ball. We have to keep the pressure on. We have to keep our foot on the gas and our knee on the backs of the heads of these people that have completely abdicated their responsibility to this city and our community. 100% correct. But anyway, listen, you got Skip on the podcast. I mean, how are you going to top that? 
we're going to top it. I'm not sure how we're going to top it, but we have to top it. That's well, our job. you know what it is? I don't know that we need to top it as much as we need to just kind of keep staying. We need to take it to that next level, which is what basically getting Skip was. Okay? So I'm thinking dudes like Mark Croca. Croca? Mark Croca. Okay. I mean, does Croca does know? Does Croca even know that he was probably my biggest inspiration? Croca knows everything. Did he, does he know that? Croca knows everything. That's cool. Okay. Croca knows best. No, I'd love to. <laughs> I would love to. I would love. But would, you know what? I we have to, to have go him. down to the Keys to get Croca. And in order to do that, we need to get in the truck and go. Number one. Number two. We need to get a couple of guys down there. We need to get Alex. Alex Adler? Yes. Yes. We need to get Alex. I'm going to tell you, there's like four guys in the Keys that we need to get. We need to get Croca. We need to get Alex Adler. We need to get Bart Sherwood. Okay. Bartwood should be an easy one. Yes. A good one. Bart would be awesome. Okay. And we need to get Jared Raskop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got a, I got a, I got one to add. Okay. I'd love to have Sandy Murad on the podcast. Ooh, that's a good one. Sandy's yeah. well. He's the. T- I don't he, know anything about Sandy. I, I know. I mean, what, I know who he is. Yeah, I know yeah. a little bit about Sandy, but what yeah. I what I do know is he's he's one of those guys. He's like us. He don't mind going in and swinging if he offends somebody with his opinion and yeah, all that. Yeah. He yeah. don't care. Yeah. And then he's a real guy. He's yeah. been around forever. I've never actually had the opportunity to meet him, but I always wanted to. I met him one time in the tackle shop, but you know. He, I was just another, you know. Well, Sandy pays attention to this environmental stuff that we get into. And he'd give me a slap on the shoulder every once in a while. And he's like, way to go, that yeah, type yeah, of thing. Yeah. So I'd love to get him on. Randy Tao would be good. Oh, yeah, Randy. Jesus, why didn't I think of that? Especially after the one with Copeland. You know, Randy, I didn't know this. Randy worked for George Copeland. Yeah, and Tommy Green. I didn't know that. And he was an A-Doc, dude. Yeah, now that I knew. Yeah. My father had a couple of rods built by Randy. Randy's, Randy's, you know, old timer. So anyway, all those dudes I'd like to get on. But the way the net, the way the real guy, so many, the way the real guy network works. I think if we asked any one of those people, they'd probably just be like, "Yeah, sure, I'd love to yeah. do it." Or somebody that we know yeah. tells them, "Hey, you know, you should really get on the Real Guy podcast." That type of thing. Yeah. But anyway, it's been. Uh, if we get, you know what? If we get Alex, we might be able to get Johnny Morris. That'd be but good. we got to get Alex first. I could see somebody like Johnny Morris wanting to be on the podcast because yeah. they're into the fight for the environmental stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the other thing too is, um, you know, when the podcast audience, the podcast crowd, is so different than all the other forms of media right now. Like for instance, I don't know. We have a core of about fifteen thousand listeners. Yeah, I'd rather have those fifteen thousand listeners. Than the hundreds of thousands of exposures that we get on Instagram, like the Instagram, it's not it's not bad, but the percentage of people that actually are a real guy, yeah, is really low compared to the podcast audience. Where I rather have that fifteen thousand than the hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube and the other type of stuff. Yeah, YouTube's yeah. not too bad, but Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. All these little, you know, short-form medias. Yeah, they look at your stuff, but that doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Speaking of real guys, mm-hmm. where the hell is Kian? That's a good question. The freaking boat is sitting here. It's been sitting here under the, under the, under the tarp, okay? Where's Ed Beers? That is true. Where's Ed Beers? I'm going to reach out to Kian. We- I'm starting. <laughs> starting no, because when I look at, at Kian's boat out there. Dude. You know what I think of? I think of I think of the, the why Norm doesn't have it. Well, no, you know what I think of? I think of it like the stray dog commercial. 
where somebody abandoned the poor dog and it's starving to death and the slow music and everything. So I look at that boat and I'm like, someone's got to someone's got to run that dog just, with that yeah, thing. Yeah, man. There's a what Norman and I are talking. Where's Kean? What Norman and I are talking about is a good friend of ours, Kean, wanted this wanted my spare maritime skiff. And I have an 18-foot maritime skiff parked behind my 20-foot maritime skiff that I use as a spare. And I agreed to sell it to uh, Kean. And I think he's in the program. I'm not sure what's going on with Kean. <laughs> so anyway, Kean sends me, I'm not going to tell you how much money, but some money every single month as a payment on the, on the boat. No, he's doing the right thing. No, I get the payment every single month. I just never hear from Kean. Yeah. And the boat, I mean, I'm going to have to, like, I know. I'm gonna to have to like pump up the tires on the on the trailer because they're gonna go you know flat. What? It's like that. It's like so that long. scene in in, in uh, it's like that scene in Forty Eight Hours where the guy's in jail, but the cars and uh, you know the cars and right, the cars parked in the parked lot, and lot been in there for, for like twelve years. Twelve years. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we 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 pump up the tires every six months. <laughs> Forty Eight Hours. What a great movie! And then um, Eddie Murphy singing. Roxanne at the beginning. Roxanne. Oh, that was just like it just set the tone for the whole movie, yeah. and it, got, it just kept getting better yeah. and better and better. They don't make movies like that. No, no, no. We keep talking about movies every once in a while, but you know we still got to do that. What, what, what were we gonna do? Animal House or Caddyshack? Caddyshack. Caddyshack. We're gonna do a Caddyshack. We're gonna do a Caddyshack play by play. We'll do Caddyshack play by play. But you know what Lamont wants to do? What? And I was thinking about. Brooks and you being mm. musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to do a parody on Nancy Gassman. <laughs> we're making fun of her, and we have a little song that we're singing. So I figured between you, Brooks, Bursa Man, and Lamont, we should be able to put it together. We'll go to Bursa's Honky Tonk Club. Yeah. And we'll do a little recording. Yeah. And we'll have a good night. Maybe we'll bring the podcast stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to that's be... That's a great idea. And we'll, and we'll do that event live. Absolutely. We'll go triple live. Yeah, you know that's a great call. I hate to pound my own chest, but if I don't pound it, nobody else will. We have well, I'll pound it, but I'm not hurt you. We have the longest streak of live internet than anybody in the world. Mm. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, we were live 15 years ago this year on UStream. Wow, and we had 180 people with us live on UStream 15 years ago. At what would have been the first LunkerCon. Wow. not crazy? By the way, I think Ustream is making something of a comeback. And I don't... I, I, I think it's kind of under the, under the radar comeback. But somebody told me, and I don't know if this is true, that if you really want to save some money, and like I said, go out there and do your own research and, and pay your... You know, do your due diligence on this. You're not being a this. tech advisor. Yeah, no, I'm not that... <laughs> But somebody told me that you don't need infinity. You don't need you know all this, uh, all these big packages that cost you two hundred dollars plus per month. And for streaming all you, services, all you need, all you need is UStream, and everything is on there that you would ever want. Really? Mm-hmm. Somebody told me that. I don't know if it's true. I'm going to investigate it, and I'll report back. All right. Yeah. A little inve- investigative work. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's real guy stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I'll let you know. Anyway, Norm. Yo. It's great to hear about Brooks. Man, I'm just, like I said, I'm a proud papa. And you should <laughs> and you should be. And I can't thank you enough for spending an hour here and there to entertain everybody in the Real Guy Network, doing the podcast, being the co-host, and just being yourself, Norm. Thanks, hey. Thanks a million. I love it. And... Run that dog. Run that dog.